Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Balcony Banter. It's Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month, and I'm so glad to see you all here on the balcony. With us is Tim and Christine, and a lot of people we have in the chat. And I'm going to go through the chat to say welcome, everybody. And the very, very first one we had tonight was Jeff Daniels. He was like 10 minutes beforehand already or 10 or 15 minutes before. So he was the first one waiting already. And who else do we have? We have Ian. Hi, Ian. Welcome. And it's Craig and Sarah Childs. Welcome, everyone. It's so good to see you. Thanks for making it over to my channel. Derek Walker and Julie Wade. And we got Charlie. And we got Heather McCarthy. Welcome, Heather. And Ray Duffy. Hi, Ray. And Christian. Goedenavond, Nederland. Christian Maus. And we got Marie Alti and Denise Pearson and David Longton. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for making it over to my channel. And uh, we got a surprise for you tonight because he's not going to be... Um, in the chat <laughs> so somebody uh, who is usually very uh, very active in the chat is live tonight here with us so you might already wonder who's sitting there i'm gonna um put us all three on the on the screen so this is the the man who always puts those insightful questions i i wanted to introduce to you Luke Otter. So, hi, Luke. Thanks for making time for us tonight. Oh, even a round of applause. Wow. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everyone. And um, yeah, the mysterious man of questions is now actually on the show. So, I'm very happy to be here. Oh, Big I'm glad you made it. Thank you Welcome. so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How are you all? How are you, Christine and Tim? Good time. Yeah, yeah, the big shopping trip today. Ooh. We went down to Cyan Mall first. Cyan uh -huh. Mall? Um, what did we get there? We got two dresses for me. Because I must decide which one I want for Stephanie's 30th birthday party. And we're gonna have a show tomorrow. Uh, we're in a fashion show tomorrow, so a fashion show. And you're gonna I, I show some legs. Shopping trip. I have you're gonna show shopping some trip. legs. We'll show some legs, yeah. <laughs> Great. And then yeah, the look at the new little. At the new little. How did you like that one? I liked it. Yeah. It wasn't yeah? as cramped as it was before. Yeah, yeah. Well, They're all I going see. to Aldi. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think the uh, I think the aisles are a bit slightly different as well, and yeah. there's more things that I hate. Yeah. So that's good for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. She still wouldn't let me buy the bottle of schnapps. So. No. Bottle of schnapps. That's no schnapps for you. But she got but she got two two tarpals of chocolate um, naranja. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> All dressed and fed. What more do you want, right? What more do you want? Yeah. 
Jeez. Tim. Someone is saying in the chat, by the way, Tim and Christine, your audio is quite static. Yeah. Oh, I'm hearing it. You're hearing it badly as well, yeah? Yeah. So that's yeah. why I'm going to, meanwhile, you are fixing the audio. I'm going to uh, go over to Luke and ask him, where are you right now? Would you want to give that away? Sure, sure. I definitely can. Um, well, maybe I'll just give you a quick summary of my, my story because actually it's eerily similar to Tim's uh, story in so far as I, I was born on the outskirts of Manchester in a, a town called Hyde. And, um, but I left there when I was very young and for most of my life I, I lived in Singapore in Southeast Asia. So I lived there for over 20 years, but now I live in um, the south of Italy in a town called Matera. But right now I'm back in uh, miserable Manchester to, to visit my mother. So that's where I am for the next week or so. Apologies to anyone who's from Manchester. So is why miserable? Is it raining? Well, that is the that is the trademark uh, of Manchester, is it not? That it oh. is always raining and miserable. <laughs> oh, mighty Manchester. <laughs> we love the people from Manchester. <laughs> I don't know who, yes, yes. who in the chat is from Manchester. If uh, if Linda is watching us later on, maybe on catch up, uh, she is from Manchester and she's a good one and she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie, so, Charlie is saying he's from Oldham, which is not too far from, from Manchester. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah, I'm still not so uh, too familiar with uh, with the English map, but uh, yes, I know where Manchester is. <laughs> All right, so Luke, uh, why um, or since when have you been um, watching um, Balcony Bender? Or how did you get into Balcony Bender? Because that's quite um yeah uh, a ride actually to to join us i mean you know uh in singapore italy and then tenerife those uh, those people from Te tenerife on the balcony every wednesday uh tell us how did you find us <laughs> well i've been watching for about six months and to answer your question i'm actually not sure how i found the the channel how, how i found tin's channel I, I mean, I'm assume, assuming it appeared on my suggestions on YouTube, but how the YouTube al algorithm decided to show me as a suggestion, I'm not sure. Maybe perhaps because I'm a subscriber of um, Darren John, oh. his channel. So it yeah. could have been correlated to that somehow. Probably. But yeah, it's been about six months that I've been, I've been watching. Yeah, and putting uh, really good questions in the chat every time. Well, I yes. try. Absolutely. And even uh, for tonight, you have, uh, yeah, um, you and I, we have been in contact uh, email wise. Uh, so um, we were looking for a topic and you came up with uh, a great one. We decided on that one. So um, circle of compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you choose that topic? I find it interesting. Firstly, I find it very interesting. Uh, maybe I can explain what it is for anybody in the chat who is 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 wondering what circles of compassion are exactly. Yeah. So quick summary of what it is. Um, I think for everybody in, in their lives, we draw these arbitrary, invisible circles. And uh, within this circle, there are people, places, things that we are compassionate towards. So it mm -hmm. could be family members, spouse, pets, 
uh, even some kind of a national identity can be inside as well. And uh, outside of this circle, I guess we can just broadly categorize it as the other. And our feelings towards what is outside the circle is usually at best indifference, at worst, uh, mm. probably disliking or whatever it is. And now what interests me about this topic is that usually what is inside the circle and what is outside the circle is exactly the same thing. There's actually no difference between what is inside and what is outside. Um, so just to give an example that would help illustrate it, uh, we may have a pet dog and uh, obviously this dog would be inside the circle. We care for the dog, we love the dog, uh, we feed the dog, shelter the dog, shower it with affection. But outside the circle, you know, we could go to a supermarket and, and, and buy meat, for example, which has come from an animal that is exactly <laughs> the same as the dog that we are petting every single night. Because when you think about it, a pig and a dog, what is the, what is the difference? Yeah. They're both sentient yeah. beings with a, a similar level of intelligence and, and, and uh, emotional quotient. So what is the difference between the two? There's actually no difference. It's just that we decide that one is inside the circle of compassion and one is outside. And uh, just give one more example and then I'll hand it over to, for discussion. A recent one actually I, I saw, there's this huge outcry about the war in Ukraine and rightfully so, I mean, it's a terrible thing. Uh, you know, you can see everywhere people putting the flags of Ukraine on their display photo on Facebook and flags outside embassies and there's just a very strong emotional reaction to that war. Mm -hmm. I saw no such reaction to the war in Yemen, for example, which killed 20 times the amount of people that, that it has in, in Ukraine. So why is that so? I mean, one of the reasons could be Ukraine, Europe, Caucasian people, uh, Judeo-Christian faith, whereas people in Yemen are Arabic, Muslim, non-European. So we, we kind of make this separation um, where one is inside the circle and one is outside the circle. So those are, those are just two examples to illustrate the, the point. Yeah, great ones, great ones. Tim, have you got anything to say? I would just want to check to see whether we're still crackling. Uh, uh, crackling yeah. Rosie, get on board. Exactly, <laughs> Crackling Rosie. Would you say so, what, I uh, what I would like to uh, put in, um, uh, com uh, compassion, would you would you say that uh, there is a difference between uh, compassion and um, sympathy and empathy? Mm, I think they can be part of a a package of emotions. So often they can go together. I mean, for example, if you if you're not if you can't empathize with something, you can't be compassionate towards it in in many cases, and vice versa. I think it depends on the subject matter as well. If yeah. I think the difference between empathy and what and compassion is uh, well, actually, sympathetic pity is is compassion. So you're sympathetic to somebody else's bad fortune or someone else's or something else's bad fortune, and you feel for them even though it's not happening to you. Sympathy. Mm -hmm can be that it's happening to both of you and you both feel the same. Um, I, I think that uh, there has to be a hierarchy in compassion. That the person giving the compassion 
has a different hierarchical view of the thing that's happening. Like it may not be actually happening to them, but they feel the same as if it were. So I think when you're talking about compassion, there has to be some sort of hierarchy uh, going on. Um, I don't want to say a better being for a lesser being because who knows. But in that situation, the person who's in the situation that needs the pity, um, they are getting the compassion for the person who is not in the situation that needs the pity. Yeah, I think you are making a, a good point there with uh, with feeling uh, feeling compassion. Um, and I think, I think the uh, word compassion comes from that because yeah. first of all, the feelings there, and they give that word compassion. Otherwise, it'd be sympathy. Yeah, that's why so, they have the two words so for sympath it. Sympathy is just um, maybe understanding uh, a situation or um, sit, uh, understanding um, how the other person. Um, problem is um, and then you have maybe the next you were talking about hierarchy the next step would be empathy you can uh, you can feel uh, feel for for that um, individual what that individual is going through uh, there's uh, always the um, the comparison saying um, empathy is putting yourself in uh, being able to put yourself in, in the other person's shoes mm -hmm. Um, so, so then the next step would be sympathy, uh, and would be uh, compassion, and compassion is then you are feeling, feeling the suffering, but uh, to an extent that uh, you you are sort of like put into uh, action. You actually want uh, want to help, um, which in. Uh, in a lot of um, um, ways, you can um, you can uh, think, uh, which is a good uh, thing, obviously. But also, it um, it um, it puts somebody um, uh, in a, a disempowering uh, position at some uh, point. And some people um, might even uh, misuse um, people's compassion. So, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and if, uh, if, if, for instance, uh, you, you, are, you are seeking um, uh, compassion from, uh, from others, um, you are not actively um, looking to maybe uh, find a solution. So um, those, uh, those three are, are what you were saying, Tim, are the, in the hierarchy of, uh, of compassion, uh, I would say. And, uh, and 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 we can all like work to uh, towards uh, towards that to have some sort of a, um, a commitment towards um, towards one of those three, whatever extent you want to give it to. I think compassion. The word compassion actually comes from the Latin to suffer. Compi, compi. Yeah. Compi. Compassionare, or I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, th I think I think there is a there is a Latin root to it, and I think it's uh, it's to do with suffering. So yeah. compassion is feeling other people's suffering. Yeah, Marie Alti uh, made a comment here. Ukraine was a lovely country. It had some lovely landmarks. Just mess. What's mm. happened? Feel for Ukraine, and it's tight on them. Yeah, I do. It's... I do have an answer to the question of why do we put the Ukraine flag up and not the Yemen flag, and it's also to do with information. 
And uh, I don't think it's to do with a, a, a physical love or hate for one or the other. I think it's to do with how important y y the information is. So, I mean, there are lots of us like yourself, yeah. Luke, that uh, think of things like that. And we did not probably put just the Ukrainian flag. And everybody who knows me knows knows my politics. But, um, you know, it's uh, if, if you say war is bad for everybody and there's good and bad on both sides, you tend to look like a wishy-washy flip-flopper. But in fact, I abhor all war. And uh, war is the crime. There's not such things as a war crime. War is the crime. So we are probably intelligent enough to do that. So the reason that people have compassion for one thing or another is that they're informed about it. I think there are quite a few people in the world that don't even know uh, how many wars are actively going on. And what's worse, what, the, what their country's involvement is. So I think the, um, it is totally to do with uh, information. And once you have the information, uh, sometimes you're fed the information in a way which makes you think about the information in a certain way. And the, the main word for that is called propaganda. So depending also on your propaganda uh, machine that you subscribe to, because everybody subscribes to a propaganda machine. And, um, and I think that's, that's the point there. So what you feel is how you're told to feel. Yeah. Uh, unless you're a, uh, a person that gets his information from multiple sources, and then you can usually find out um, a middle ground and sort of make your own mind up. But uh, I'm not saying that those people are better, but they're better informed. Yeah, Tim, yeah, um, it's, it's good what you're saying there. It's, um, yeah, it's always um, helpful to, uh, to remember um, uh, that we can shift our perception, you know, and yep. that puts us in the position to actually read uh, other, other information or consume also maybe the, the, the contrary um, yep. to, get, uh, to get a broader picture. And I would like to put in, in yeah, as a question for everybody and uh, in the chat, I would love to uh, see you engage as well uh, in the chat, um, is like, how could we actually broaden uh, our circles of compassion? How is that, uh, how is that as an individual actually, um, yeah, possible? It, because it is possible. Look or is how, that a goal? Uh, Look! Look how this uh, this is working. Uh, yeah, I mean, you thought two years ago that uh, mm, that I broadened my uh, my circle of compassion uh, to to such an extent that uh, we are uh, yeah live on YouTube and reaching out to the world. I mean, and now even having Luke here with us sitting today. <laughs> so well, maybe <laughs> I've missed the point then because. Uh, um, I'm looking at the circles of compassion and the things I care about and the things I don't care about, right? Uh -huh. And so if you broaden the things you care about, you can't do anything for anybody. But if you focus on the things that you are able to control or help, then concentrating your circle of compassion to those specific things where you can actively help immediately is probably better than being worried about everything and doing nothing. Yeah. I, I don't think you can, I don't think it's even humanly possible to widen 
one's circle of compassion to be compassionate towards everything. And I don't even think that's desirable because if we were to do that, we would have compassion exhaustion, I think. Uh, in fact, I'm seeing this with Ukraine right now. People are exhausted with, in terms of the news about Ukraine. They don't want to hear about it anymore. Or going back to the example I was talking about earlier with uh, where their meat comes from. People don't want to watch these videos because they do feel compassionate and it gets to a certain point where they, they're just tired. They, they've, they've given all, all the compassion that they can give. But to go back to your question, uh, Juliane, I think there's no harm in broadening the circle and also realizing the contradictions because we were talking about the differences between, oh, compassion, empathy, sympathy, etc. But I think what's really interesting is we could have all those emotions yet still exhibit a behavior in real life that is in complete contradiction to those um, those emotions that we are feeling. I mean, I can say, oh, I hate the, the war in Ukraine. It's so bad, it's so terrible. But then I, I do something to fund the Russian government into strengthening their army to invade Ukraine. So there's a clear contradiction in from one what I'm saying, what I'm emotionally mm -hmm. against, and my actual real life behavior. So I think that's one thing people can correct. If you feel uh, indignation emotionally, about something, but you are behaving in a different way in your real life. It's very common that we do this because it's just a it's just a subconscious behavior. Um, but that is one that is one way I think to see some of the contradictions and hypocrisies. Yeah, I really like that what you, the point you're making there with uh, yeah uh, emotion and subconsciousness uh, because uh, the the subconscious is really our emotional mind, and this is where uh, we are um, pretty much. Um, yeah, driven by by feelings, and those feelings um, put us in 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 action. And the thing is, of course, if we see uh, so much suffering going on, and um, which we choose to to tune into, of course, that uh, over time uh, will uh, will even on uh, on the ones with the best intention uh, um, cause some some kind of. Uh, feeling uh, some kind of maybe even nasty feeling uh, maybe even uh, sadness uh, uh, and it does not really um, usually um, put you in the right kind of uh, action so um, in uh, you you were making a, a very uh, good point and I'm, uh, I hope I, I understood you correctly uh, like the fostering um, um, empathy then more which is a little bit less um uh, on the uh, on the feeling side is um is putting uh, a little um a, a little mental hat on your head so uh, so you you are putting a guard so to say on uh, on your on your on your emotions so that you are then maybe still in the position to act uh, in a in a helpful way because your your intention is there to help. When you're showing empathy, then uh, it's already uh, a very good sign that you 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 want uh, to to do something about it. Yeah, but you're not. But, but we're in a very privileged position. Yes, we are in a very privileged position, and I mean we as a as a human race at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, because if you look at the history of the human race, empathy and compassion was something that you had um, within your society. So your society was, was sort of um, limited to your 
your realm of information gathering, which typically was your village or at least your, your set of villages. And uh, when somebody suffered within your village, you were pretty near to them and you could feel their suffering. So the compassion could be, could be something that, uh, that helped there. But now you can be compassionate against somebody that you've never met, you never will meet, mm-hmm. or something you've never been affected by and never will be affected by. Yeah. And this, uh, as Luke was saying, this, this, this sort of outrage that we have and faux outrage at certain things, you know, like, uh, um, I don't want to get into politics again, but uh, yeah, so if there is a faux outrage at how dare you, yeah, then what happens then is uh, nationalism and religion steps in and they put the borders and the rules in place to make your compassion and your emotions be channeled in a direction and so it's very easy when you get a world full of people who are um i don't want to coin a phrase here but uh, blind compassionate people they're, they're looking for something to suffer and worry about yeah um then religion and nationalism comes in and, and sort of like takes up the mantle and says i'll take care of you and that's probably why Ukraine is being targeted by the Western press and the Yemen isn't. So uh, as for the pigs and the dogs, again, you've lived in, uh, we used to call Singapore Asia for Amfanger, Asia for beginners, (laughs) because you had all the, uh, all the flavors of Asia and none of the problems. And, uh, (laughs) and, but you can go there and you can basically eat anything that has its back to the sky. So, um, it's it just depends where you're from where you're brought up and and what you think about things and we're all sentient beings even grass um we just don't know it yet yeah i have to say that there's another form of what i would say cancerous compassion that i'm noticing that has been formed recently which is kind of like a i prefer that cancerous compassion i like that did you coin that phrase i just made it up yeah (laughs) The one there I've noticed is. recently, which I which I find intriguing, is this kind of a public display of so-called compassion, which is people are using compassion actually as a, as a strategy to bestow virtue upon themselves, almost kind of like moral grandstanding. So, for example, uh, there could be somebody crying at the top of a roof saying, oh, the war in Ukraine is so bad, it's terrible, it's terrible. But behind closed doors actually they don't really care they've done nothing they've done nothing practically to actually help the war in ukraine but they feel that there's some kind of a a, a virtue in public i mean we're seeing this actually i don't want to name the the kind of movements that's going on political movements but there are all these kind of movements that are going on with compassion actually as their driving force but now mm-hmm. it's kind of like become a you know just just a way of getting virtue self-virtue yeah. Yeah, but as I said, it's uh, nationalists and religious people have used that as a tool for for centuries. Tim, I'm but, curious to ask you then. So, what you mentioned uh, earlier, you have like a hierarchy, right? Of compassion. So, and how does that like the go hierarchy of the of the side. victims, if you like? Uh, I wasn't okay. talking about the hierarchy of the of the compassionate. I was saying that typically somebody who is suffering. The compassion is given to somebody who is suffering. Therefore, the person giving the compassion 
is not affected by that. So I, that was the hierarchy I was I was alluding right, to. Right. Not uh, not that there was different hierarchies of that, but there probably is. I just uh, I just didn't mean that. In case in case you're trying okay. to give me uh, credit for for something that I didn't think. No no no. But how how do you feel about um, um, balance balancing what, or the term balance uh, in in talking about compassion? Is there? I've learned very very quickly that. Everything that goes on in the world is none of my business. And if I can immediately help somebody do something, immediately, then I will do it. But um, that's, not, that's not exactly true. That's not exactly true. There are certain things that I want to see eradicated in the world. And those things I can't... Uh, actively do anything about, but I'm compassionate about the people who suffer from them. People who suffer from religion, war, and lack of abundance. So those are the three things that I think. Uh, the world is abundant. It is controlled by capitalists that use um, scarcity to drive prices. And I'm not saying capitalists like like political capitalists. I'm talking about the way things work. So I, I am compassionate for those people that don't have access and real access to certain services that they should do. And uh, but I, I think that the only thing you can do with that is to support a political party, unfortunately, and create a revolution. But I think we're in a flux. If we look at the history of man and the fall of the Roman Empire took a thousand years, then the fall of our empire, our capitalist empire, will also take a thousand years. So it's not going to happen overnight. But I think that if you think the way you do and you uh, inform the people how you think and you discuss, obviously, and learn, then that's all you can do. Uh, actually going out on a limb for uh, a Ukrainian, a Yemeni, or a dog, or a pig is... Is what you said, Luke. It's grandstanding. It's nothing but nothing more than grandstanding, because uh, you're not going to change the whole world. You're going to change maybe a circle, but eventually, uh, to change the whole world, you have to start like that. But uh, do it quietly. Do it quietly. And you can always do something. Uh, uh, yeah, working, stop eating pigs. You know, it's, it's easy. On, eventually, everybody will, and it'll be normal. You know, <laughs> but don't but don't worry about those who are still doing it. You know. Oh, um, we got a few people here in the set, uh, chat saying goodbye. Uh, Ian uh, left us already and Ray Duffy also had to go. Bye-bye, everybody. And uh, I would like to put something on uh, on screen. Let me see if I can find it, actually. Um, this one here, show. Is there any option? No. Okay. So yeah, um, we were talking about um, um, balance, and um, and oftentimes we um, we are driven, um, yeah, we we operate in in drive um, mode. So that is motivating us to to do something, uh, or uh, or threat uh, threat mode. Um, yeah, we we uh, gotta get this done, uh, um, or else it's uh, it's gonna be all uh, horrible. But uh, I would I wanted to make um, this 
balance point again. So um, finding finding actually a balance between drive mode and threat mode uh, is to to hone a little bit more into uh, the sooth uh, soothing uh, system, which actually uh, is the the one that makes uh, something like compassion or kindness possible. Because uh, when when we are only operating in drive uh, drive mode or threat mode, then um, then it's um, it's um, sheer impossible for us to see um, something like uh, kindness or or being more compassionate uh, towards uh, towards others. That's why I wanted to make that uh, point of balance again and. I'm going to take this off so we can see each other again. Here we are. <laughs> what do you have to say about that, Luke? Balance. Um, yeah, I think balance is important. And um, yeah, I mean, I think there's important. I mean, in Buddhism, we, we call it the middle path. So, I mean, there's no extremes on, on either end. Um, so like with what Tim was saying about the, the example about pigs and dogs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can stop eating pigs if you want, but to go out on the streets with a, a gun or whatever and, and force people to, to stop eating them is not the right outcome either. So they're, they're both extreme. So the, the middle path to me is, is, is the best way. Compassion towards everything, as I mentioned before, is impossible. There's just no way of humanly doing it. And I guess in some ways it is good to be selective rather than, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the approach of being so indifferent as to say, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. It's all out of my control. Um, I mean, even if you adopt a dog from the street, that doesn't solve the overall problem of stray dogs on the street, but it is, it is a big change for the dog that you have saved because that life. Yeah, but the thing is the, the stray dog on the street is the natural dog. I just, I say the adopt the adopted dog is the poor dog because it it's adopted by a human and I believe it, it that the, the stray dog living. and the pack the packs of dogs roaming the streets are the natural dogs they they have got they have the I don't want to say pride but they have the they're nat they're naturally dogs and so I would release all the dogs I wouldn't Who let the them. dogs out, Tim? Woof, Tim, Tim, woof, Tim. Woof. <laughs> I didn't lock them up. I can't let them out. I didn't lock them up. You locked them up. You got dogs. Oh, yeah. No, but uh, it's the. It's also. Um, it doesn't really matter whether from from the street or um, or from wherever you get your your pet from. Uh, the, the sheer fact is that you having you a take, pet is is you, is foreign to me. It's yeah. <laughs> that's having that's, having a pet is a is a first world problem. Living yeah. in harmony with an animal is okay, but having yeah. a pet, like a little fat dog that sits on the sofa. No, but what we were saying uh, saying before, um, say uh, if we were talking about saving a, an animal, uh, it makes a, um, it makes a difference already um, doing it for for one. Of course, you cannot maybe save the, uh, all of them, but at saving least, a starving animal or saving least, an animal from being beaten, those are the two at, different things. At least uh, you uh, you have done something 
about it. Uh, and, uh, and it makes uh, the animal feel good and yourself as well. Uh, Probably you, true. You are, you are taking uh, action and you are stepping up for something you, you might uh, value. I think the indifference I was talking about was something that I that, like. I wouldn't be compassionate about a dog that was starving in South Africa, for instance. There's nothing I can do. I could maybe say, "Yeah, poor dog," but I couldn't be compassionate about that. But if I saw a dog on the street and his pack had, had um, released him or banished him or whatever, and he was like, then I'd throw him a sausage. Well, mm -hmm. I can't actually, because then I would be dissing the pig. But you, you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? I, I'd give him some. I'd give him some kale. Yeah, kale. Okay. No, Heather no, says. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Heather yeah. says my dog yeah. is part of our family, and yes, he does that. sit on the sofa. Of course. I understand of that. Of course, you love them. Uh, I, I've just lost. I've just lost a load of friends by saying that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but coming coming back to um, circles of compassion, I really, really did like that um, uh, that topic, uh, Luke, and I'm glad you suggested that. And I um, something uh, after we decided on the topic um, uh, happened last week, and uh, and I was uh, actually thinking about um, um, how would I have reacted, um, maybe. Uh, 10 years ago um, if that had happened uh, to me so um, uh, so we can uh, always um, make that that compassion or this empathy that we have for somebody um, um, bound to, to to our feelings and the story I was gonna uh, share with you was that uh, last uh, last week, I um, I helped um, uh, somebody to get home safely. Um, a man who who was um, yeah who was a little bit lost um, and um, out there. I was on my uh, on a morning walk, and uh, and that man came uh, towards walking towards me, and he was walking on a on a on a stick all by himself and I could see that he was walking very difficultly and um, had trouble uh, walking and he was asking um, uh, um, for for the road so I could sense that he was uh, sort of lost um, a little bit so he didn't really uh, know where he was um, and how to to get uh, out of the that road so, um, so I asked I asked him a few questions, and uh, we contacted uh, his family, and I I called uh, the family, and I um, I suggested to bring him home, drive him home, and I was wondering uh, also while walking uh, back to the to the car, um, would he have been in in this compassionate circle, um, if if I hadn't had um, the same or similar feelings uh, with my own uh, father at, uh, at some uh, point um, in my life uh, where, where he uh, had been in a situation where he got lost because he suffered from Alzheimer's disease and he, um, he didn't, um, um, yeah, didn't know where he was. So I could, in that very moment, I could really relate uh, feeling and emotionally wise um, back uh, to 
to a situation I was very familiar with. And then out of um, out of that uh, feeling, I, I felt the urge to, to help that man. But mm. I was, um, yeah, I was uh, wondering if, um, if that is also part of, um, of the circle of compassion. What would you say, Luke? Well, I think a lot of times uh, what we are compassionate about is bred from personal experience, right? So if we've, we have gone through something ourselves or a loved one that we know has gone through something like Alzheimer's, cancer, whatever it is, I think we're naturally more inclined moving forward to be particularly compassionate towards people who have also gone through that. For example, I've been to Ukraine many times. So I, trust me, I'm compassionate about the place. I've met many people. I have friends who are Ukrainians. So in that example, actually being there physically, knowing Ukrainians, visiting those beautiful churches and buildings that exist there, and then obviously to see them hit by the bombs and whatnot, it hurts a lot more rather than, oh, yeah, there's just some random building in South Sudan that has been bombed. So, yeah, I think our personal experiences definitely do shape um, compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about, Yudiani, with you met the guy, so therefore you could immediately decide whether you wanted to help him or not. And mm -hmm. so that, that, that's what I meant about uh, outside of your, outside of your um, uh, sphere of influence yeah. is, is going to be uh, harder to ignore, if you like, than something that is right within your sphere of influence. Um, did you have to cross the road for the guy, or was he right in your path? Oh, he was um, on my on my path. So the, could you the, think back? But... but think back, and if he hadn't been on your path and walking in the other direction, he, he would was you have felt walking the... uh, on uh, towards the other direction. No, so, what I mean is, if, if, if he wasn't on a, you, were you actually going to meet him or did you have to go out of your way to meet him? No, I, I, we were crossing. Right. And if you, if you weren't intersecting, that means if he'd have gone past either too earlier or later, then you wouldn't have actually uh, had the, the compassion to, to help him because it yeah. wouldn't have been in your field of influence. That's what I'm saying. So it's, it's going back to the very beginning. It's all to do with information, how much you know about the thing. And like what you just said, Lou, your, your experience and your memories and things that are happening today that we know nothing about, we cannot be compassionate about. Mm -hmm. So the more you know about, the more you can exactly. be passionate about. Yeah. But then you have it, to decide where to focus your energy. Yeah. So it's um, exactly being um, being more interested um, maybe also about uh, certain topics and if um, or or less um, judgmental about something that's also true because some people are actually suffering under certain circumstances at the moment that i think are not problems mm -hmm. yeah such as I, I think they've made they've made their own problem you know yeah like what? And, what's, an, what's an example of that? Uh, if I give an example, then you'll just take the example and argue against that. But the argument <laughs> is, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. If you give an example, then people just take the example and don't take the lesson. So I'd rather just leave it as a lesson. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you have something in your mind that you think that, that, what he thinks he's got a problem. <laughs> he thinks he's <laughs> suffering. 
or she thinks she's suffering. So yeah, so I, d I don't give examples because people like like examples to uh, to dismantle and don't learn. We have had a, a great discussion. Uh, honestly, I I really did enjoy that uh, that topic. Um, is there anything, Luke, that you would like to um, yeah put in in for the audience? Anything? you would want to uh, wish for the following weeks? Well, I mean, I definitely will be uh, staying tuned to Balcony Banter to see all the future episodes. There's no doubt about that. Um, as I was saying to you before, Juliane, I think this this community that has been built um, around this this the show is, is great, it's fantastic. I think it's a really productive and, and kind community, which is rare. There's not, I, there's not even, I mean, maybe I'm cursing it by saying this, but there's not even that many trolls that are in the the comments. No. Or they've, they've given up. They've given up. They've given up. Okay. I, I love them too much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they've given up. Thank you so much, okay. uh, Luke, for being yeah part of that community, uh, for yeah, making time to to be live on the on the show. And anytime uh, you're more than welcome to join in. <laughs> yeah, thank you, absolutely. thank you. Every other time, it's on my channel, so there's a slightly different modus operandi of getting in. But you're allowed if you go to timothydow.com/live and press mm -hmm. the button, then you come into the show immediately. On any Wednesday, and then uh, first Wednesday of the month, Giuliani sends out a special link um, if you ask for it. It's just the way that the different software works, really. I have a I static like, link, and the other one cannot be static. I would like to put that comment on um, Ellie Bennett made. We all have our circles of compassion, yes. I uh, just like to believe they all overlap slightly to cover everything. Well, Very good one. Thank yeah. you, Ellie. So if every, everybody's compassionate about something, then everybody's covered. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like that. I like that idea, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Ali Bennett, I mean... you, you're a gardener. I, I know you. you. You're a gardener. So you, you're cultivating us. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. She's nurturing. <laughs> That's it, the nurture. Nurture yeah. versus nature. Oh, my God. That's the one for another time. Nurture versus yeah. nature. Oh, yes. That's a good one. I love that one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Ian uh, can join in with his gardening skills. <laughs> exactly. We'll have, a, we'll have a, gardener's, yeah. a gardener's evening on. Yes, absolutely. So, I've got one announcement before we go. Please, go ahead. It's nothing to do with compassion. It might actually be with compassion. Could be with compassion, okay. Uh, there's a guy called Zach Taylor, Z-A-C Taylor. And he's contacted me. He was 15 years a fitness uh, trainer in London. And then he went out to do a couple of years in the Caribbean in a, um, in a place. And he's looking now to come and live in Tenerife and work as a fitness trainer. And I know it's everybody's um, wish to come and start work here, but obviously Brexit has put the kibosh on certain things um like that type of uh, role but he's got a slightly different spin on it he's looking for people uh either singles or couples or families that would give him a room and board and he will take care of their fitness 
needs. So that means Christina and I could theoretically get him over for three months and he would get me up at six in the morning, boot camp me and get me into my lederhosen by Christmas. But we're not doing it. <laughs> oh. No, we haven't, we haven't decided yet. We haven't decided yet. I think that he's maybe looking for a villa or something with a, you know, like a, with a room that's far from the snoring couple. But, uh, and of course, my family's coming over the end of this month, so they can't do it. But he did ask me to put it out there that if anybody's interested in bringing him over on a, on a one, two or three month contract, to do a boot camp with the family, then he will take care of all the nourishment needs. I think that's what I think it's the way he put it. Um, so he will, I assume, cook and prepare all the meals and prepare the the regimen, the exercise regimen. Then, uh, and you don't pay him, I don't think. Well, I mean, I suppose it be it would be good to give him some spending money to go and enjoy himself. But if he's a fitness guy, he probably doesn't want to get down the pub. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so I just said I would mention it tonight, and I was thinking of inviting him on next week to uh, tell his story. Yeah, yeah, because he's probably he's that, probably got yeah? a good story for that. So yeah, perfect. Okay. Well, you got to keep your heart uh, alive, and most of all, keep the heart open, and yeah, and find balance in in compassion. And most of the, uh, most of the time, compassion not only for for uh, others but also for yourself. So, yeah. Sympathetic <laughs> pity myself. I think I, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> no, taking taking action and taking responsibility. That's why I'm balance not good at that. is is I'm not, key. <laughs> I'm no good at that. In everything. Oh, thank you so much. You've been uh, all wonderful here in the chat. Thanks for coming over to my channel. And next week, uh, yes, we're going to see you all again on the balcony as usual. And Luke, anytime you want to pop in, uh, you can always uh, say hello. And okay, I will we'll do. On the show again. <laughs> thank you okay. ever so much. Thank you all. <laughs> Bye. Thanks everyone Bye. in the comments. I can play it again one more this. time. One more time. But oh, I forgot you.